Welcome again, and I'm glad you're here with us. You know, I, I truly believe that every time we open God's Word, that it's a very important message. Um, but I'm impressed this morning that the message from last week and the message that I believe the Lord has laid in my heart for this week are ranking as to some of the most important messages I've ever spoken. And it's nothing to do with uh, my ideas, nothing to do with me. It's what I believe the Lord's laid in my heart for church, for what it means to be the church. Last week we were talking about the key to the vibrant church. And we discovered that the key to the church being vibrant is none other than you and I. We are the church. It's Jesus' idea. Uh, we are the body of Christ. We are that gathering of believers that he called together to gather on a regular basis, and therefore we make up the church. And the vibrancy and the health of the church is dependent on us. Amen? And uh, it, it depends on what we do throughout the week and uh, throughout our time. I totally agree with the pastor last week that we, that little video we, we watched from Joe Sweet, um, that he has said that the problem in our American church today is that, quite honestly, we, the people of the church, have been taught to grow up more as spectators rather than worshipers. That it's really not your fault because maybe that's the way we've been taught, that we come to church to receive. And it really has brought me to the concept of a producer-consumer model, a producer and a consumer. And, uh, and the question is, to my mind, is what are we? If we are making up the church, are we a producer of the church or are we a consumer of the church? So this message will be rather challenging, I believe, because it will challenge us into asking ourselves the question, as my relationship, my role at Centerpoint Assembly or wherever you, you happen to go to church, if it's not here on a regular basis, whatever, is truly, what is my role there? Am I a producer in the church or am I a consumer in the church? And we're going to understand a little bit more about that, I hope. That's the plan, at least. I think it's important, though, that we be honest with ourselves. Um, that we look at ourselves, and, and as we talked in our Sunday school class today, it's really a good discussion today. And, and I think it's important that we do everyday honest evaluations of our heart. Um, who am I? What am I doing? Am I pleasing to the Lord? Am I living like the Lord? You know, I'm a child of the Most High. You're a child of the Most High. But am I living like it? <laughs> is it, am I taking it serious enough? To, is, are my responsibilities lining up as a child of the Most High? Am I bringing honor to my father or am I bringing dishonor to my father? Those are good questions, and I think it's important that we have to be honest with ourselves. And in that concept, where are we in the consumer-producer model? Are we, do we find ourselves more being in the consuming side of life or are we in the producing side of life? The consumer consumes, the producer produces. All right. And uh, yes, there's a balance there. Yes, there is a time when you come into the church and you just need to consume, and that's okay. And there are times when you have to come in and produce, and that's okay. We want to find the balance. We want to find that secret, that, that secret spot, that sweet spot. That's what we want to talk about today. But the, the producer-consumer model is not just in the church. In fact, it's in all aspects of our lives. I mean, our, 
you, you know the social situation we're in right now in our culture, in our country. We are really truly entering into an age of entitlement. And more people feel like they're entitled to things rather than having to earn things. Uh, and that becomes a problem, doesn't it? I mean, it really becomes a problem when our, when our government is teaching us that or showing us that we can make more money by not working and by getting money from the government for social welfare programs than by getting and making an honest day's wage. That's a problem. It's a problem. And I know that there are those that truly need the government to help out, and I get that, but, you know, that's also where the church needs to step in and help out too. It's not all about the government. But unfortunately, this mindset of entitlement is, is creeping its way into the church or maybe has already crept its way into the church and maybe it's already established. What was the church that Christ designed it to be? Do you think he designed it to be an entitlement mental mentality? Do you, think he cons- do you think Christ designed the church to be a consumer or a producer? Yeah, we're going to talk more about that today. Now let me say, first of all, as we say numerous times here, because this is the truth of God's word, that we are saved by the blood of Christ alone. So if it sounds like we're talking about a works mentality here, we're not. Our works do not save us. The, the, the way that we get into heaven is through the blood of Jesus Christ alone. It's the belief, it's the acceptance, it's the repentance of my heart, the acceptance of his sacrifice that atones me, that redeems me, that uh, sanctifies me, that puts me in relationship with the Lord and that alone. So I'm not talking about we have to work harder to be saved. It's not what I'm saying at all. But yet at the same time, the word is very clear that we are to work as a result of our salvation. We are to work until we are just um, so full of the Holy Spirit, knowing that we are doing the things that makes our Father pleased with us. We sang the song today, Our Good, Good Father, and how much He loves us, and that is so, so true. And the, the best thing about that is that there's nothing I can do to uh, diminish that love for, that He has for me. He loves me unconditionally, and we have a hard time grasping that concept, but it's the truth. But I can please Him. I can do things that would make him happy. I can do things that would earn a smile. And that's a good thing. Amen? That, that is a good thing. When I can live my life knowing that I am pleasing my Father in heaven, that, there is fulfillment in that. So we are, we are given instructions to work. We're also given instructions on how we are to come into a church gathering. I want to read in Hebrews chapter 10. A number of verses, 19, 22, 24, and 25, and so forth. This is in a New Living Translation, Hebrews chapter 10. Uh, you can open up your Bible and read through it, or you can watch the screen. It says, And so, dear brothers and sisters. I love it when the writer calls us dear brothers and sisters. There's, there's an automatic connection of relationship. So, dear brothers and dear sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. Amen. We have every right to be in the throne room of heaven. Not because of what I've done, but because of who Jesus is. Because what he's done for me, I can boldly come into heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. Verse 22, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. I don't have to go there wondering if he's going to be pleased or loving me. 
I know if I'm living a life for him, if I'm living a life to the best of my ability through the power of the Holy Spirit, I can go boldly into his presence knowing that he is going to say, hey, I love you. I'm so glad you're here, Mike. I'm so glad you're spending some time with me, Margaret. I'm so glad you're spending time, Max and, and, and Helen. And, and I'm so glad that you're taking the time of your busy schedule to spend time with me because I've been waiting for you. Yeah, I believe he thinks of us that way. Verse 24, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Now, let's just take a minute. Let's just pray. Let's let let's, let the Lord will just make this real to us this morning. Father, as we divide your word, I pray, Father, that we do it in a way that is pleasing to you. I pray, Father, that you make this word alive to us that it would be relevant, that it would be real, and that we could apply it. Make it simple in our terms. Help us to understand it. Yeah. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week, we defined the church as a gathering of like-minded believers. We are the body of Christ, and we come in with the intention and the focus of worshiping Jesus. And we should do that on a regular basis. That's what this passage tells us, that we should do this regularly. And when we come, we should come encouraging each other. We are the body of Christ. If the church is going to be strong and vibrant, then we need to be strong and vibrant in our personal lives through the day of the week. And I believe it's in, that it's, it's Christ's intention that the church would be here to benefit the hurting and the lost. That's clearly one of the reasons that we come together is to, is to be that hospital that we talked about last week, that we could be that place where people would come and they would know that they would, just as we're assured that we're going to be welcomed in the presence of Jesus, that this world can come in into this church and know that we're going to welcome them here that we're not going to judge them, that we're not going to criticize them, that we're going to have compassion for them. We're going to pray God's blessing. We're going to pr- pray that God would have the, 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 the wherewithal to break into their heart like he broke into our heart. Amen? And that um, church is more, I believe, in Christ's intention, more than just simply feeding the flock, more than just feeding us as we're regular members. I truly believe that Jesus was looking for those people that were going to be producers in his church. A church full of producers versus a church full of consumers um, is a big difference. A church full of producers, the producers supply the needed nourishment for those that do come in with a need. If I'm coming, if, as, and I'm speaking of the regular attenders now. I'm speaking of those that are mature Christians that are calling this their church home and that are regular here. Um, our responsibility is different than if you were a guest coming into someone's home right? If, if it's your home, it's your responsibility to have your home prepared, to have your home warm, to have your home tended to, clean, welcoming to the guest. The guest comes in as a guest, and it's your responsibility as a homeowner to be hospitable. Well, that's kind of our responsibility as regular church members is to make sure that our church is prepared for the guests, amen? That we are that way. Producers in the kingdom also are fulfilling the mandate of the Great Commission. Jesus gave the Great Commission not to the consumers, but to the producers. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, is Jesus um, is talking. He says, Then he came to them and he said, This is right before he ascended, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. 
Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. That is a direct command to a producer. <laughs> that, is some, that is telling you and I, it's giving us a challenge, isn't it? It's giving us a task. He's, he's charging us to go out and be productive in the kingdom. He's not saying go to church and sit in the pew and wait for me to come to you. He's saying, no, you get out of the pew, get out of the church and go into the world and call them in. You go out and make disciples. You go out and make converts. You go out and make sheep sheep. That's what we do. That's the Great Commission. That is a commission of producers. That's what producers are supposed to do. Amen? Amen. So, the, I, so I wonder then, do we have this mindset? Is this the mindset that we have throughout our week? Now, the reason I say it that way is because it's quite easy for us to have that mindset in church. Right now, we're, we can be all gung-ho about it, and we can be high, high-fiving and slapping hands and say, yep, yep, that's us. But what do we like on the week? What do we like, what do we like on the job? What do we like when we're having coffee with our buddies or having our uh, coffee clutches with our ladies or whatever we do? I mean, are we living the life there that is truly living out the Great Commission? We're instructed again. God's Word is very clear. Let's read God's Word, Ephesians chapter 5, starting at verse 15. Again, in the New Living Translation, Paul writes to the Ephesians and he says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, <laughs> but live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. Do you see what Paul is telling his church, the church? He says, guys, I want you to go into the world because that's where you live. But when you go into the world, don't be silly. Don't be foolish. Don't live a life that would bring um, a dishonor to your heavenly Father. Don't live a life that would be uh, dishonest. Don't live a life of duplicity. We heard Dr. Der David Jeremiah say to us last week very clearly that the problem that the church has today for the most part, or that what's hurt the church is people that live double lives. That people that have their church life then have their work life. Well, guys, do you see how confusing that would be to the world? So if we're going to be a producer, if we're going to be, a, be acting out and living out and um, being obedient to fulfill the Great Commission, then our lives need to line up with that, and we need to be living that way every day of the week, not just on Sundays. So even though we're talking about what's it like when we come into the church on Sunday mornings, most of the time, I would say probably all the time, how we come into church on Sunday morning is a direct reflection of what I did on Thursday night. Can somebody say amen? <laughs> Can somebody agree with me here that if I'm, if I'm doing things on Thursday night that aren't pleasing the Lord, then when I come in on Sunday morning, it's hard for me to put on the smile well, maybe it is easy to put on the smile, but it's hard for me to put on the true worship, right? It doesn't mean you have to be perfect because we can't be perfect, but we can be forgiven and we can act and we can live a life of perfection in our heart that way. So when a person is a producer and they come into the gathering, they are producing something special in the gathering because they're bringing their life. 
they're bringing the Holy Spirit with them. We should come in to the church. We should be so full of the Holy Spirit through the week that we should come in, as the psalmist said in chapter 122. He said, um, I rejoice with those that tell me, that said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. What is your heart when you're thinking about coming into the house of the Lord? Are you rejoicing in that? Are you happy in that? Or are you, is this a kind of an obligation sometimes? Well, can I say that if it's an obligation, you're probably on the consumer model a little bit? If it's, a, if it's an obligation, maybe we need to relook our, our, where are we at in a producer-consumer model. Because producers live a life, even though I know it's difficult. And I say that because I, uh, I've lived more in, the, um, more in the layman's life than I have in a pastor's life. I've only been a pastor nine, ten years and lived all my life prior to that as a, as a workman. And I know what it's like to be in the work world. I know what it's like to be in the automotive world. I know what it's like to be in the pressures of the day. And, uh, and, I, and so I'm not, I'm not telling you something. I'm not speaking of something that I don't have experience in. But I also know that we can be victorious in those days. I also know that we, can, we don't have to let those days drag us down. Are they going to be difficult? Yeah, I will tell you they're going to be difficult. But that doesn't mean that you're defeated. It doesn't mean that you can't find that time with the Lord every day that you find that sweet spot with Jesus and you and him recreate that sweet spot. Find that spot of worship. Find that spot of obedience. Producers do that. Producers are proactive. They are not reactive. Producers intentionally find a time within the day that they say that they put their lives on hold and they say, okay, it's just me and Jesus. Now, I'm not sure when it is for you, I know that when I was in the work world, quite often it was early in the morning for me. It still is. I mean, I still get up early in the morning, and that's my time where I come as the Lord. I find it to be the best time for me because that kind of sets the tone for my day because I know that if I wait until the end of the day, um, I have a lot of other things that get in the mix, a lot of other things that would distract, a lot of other things that might take me down a different road that I might not get there. So I just make my first thing in the morning to get up and spend time with the Lord. Um, and it's always been what I've done that way. But producers plan. Producers prepare. Producers um, bring into them, when they come then on Sundays, they bring in their praise reports. They bring in their testimonies. They bring in their, um, <clears throat> their celebrations of what the Lord did for them that week. Because what does that do? We talked about it in Sunday school today. That encourages people. We need to hear people's stories. We need to hear what, people, what the Lord did for you this week. Yeah, we need to hear testimonies. We need to know if the way that God has healed you this week. Maybe emotionally, maybe physically. But he's touching us all, isn't he? And we also need to know that we have to be honest with ourselves to say, hey, I need a little help too. So we need to be, be honest with that. Can I say also that producers, planning-wise, they bring in their tithe and their offerings. Producers are faithful to support the church. Not because it's a way for the pastor to make lots of money, because I make a lot of money. Do you know that? And, and, I, and I am just joyful in all the money that I make here. I really am. I thank the Lord every day for it. But the plan is, is that you bring in because it is a command of the Lord. Now, I was being silly, and I'm, I'm sorry. I was facetious. But the, but, the work, but the word is that you are being obedient to the Lord because he says to do what with your money? 
Yeah, be good, be, good, be good stewards of it. I can't even say it. Be good stewards of it. Bring the first tithe into the storehouse. And when you start doing that, you know what happens? The Lord's faithfulness comes back to us because His promise says that, right? So to be the living in the vibrant church is not depending upon the performance of the worship leader nor the performance of the pastor. We, again, Sunday school is a big deal, man. We had a good day today. Um, one of the things we talked about was that it is the responsibility of the pastor to bring God's word. It is my responsibility to, to do that, and that's what I'm charged with, and that's the Lord will hold that against, hold me to that point. But my wife said it, you, the body, is responsible for the service, right? So as you prepare yourself to come into the Lord's um, um, gathering that day, the thing that's going to make the difference is the people, not the pastor, not the worship leader. Let me just tell you, put yourself in this situation. Can you, do you have any idea what it's like to have the pressure of trying to have to do this Sunday better than last Sunday from the preacher perspective or from the worship leader perspective? I mean, if it was just about us having to entertain y'all, man, that's too much pressure. I can't do that because I'm not an entertainer. I mean, that's not what I'm, uh, that's not what I'm charged to do. I'm not charged to entertain you. I'm not charged to uh, um, coddle you and to make everybody feel good about themselves at the end of the day. I'm charged to preach God's Word. And Jackie's charged with um, leading worship. Um, but you are charged with picking up the fork and the spoon and eating what is prepared, right? So if you're walking out hungry or you're walking out unfulfilled out, out of a service in any given week, um, it's probably not my fault. And it's probably not Jackie's fault. It's probably lying in the guy that didn't pick up the fork. Or amen? So that's, that, that's an important part of how the church is productive. And, and that is why we have to keep our heart right with the Lord at all times because we need to make sure that we keep our silverware clean. <laughs> that we don't come into church with the silverware at home. We, you know, we, come with in our, we, come in, we, we bring it with us and we're ready to eat. We're ready to partake. Now, how does that fit in with a consumer-producer model? If I'm just a consumer all the time, if I come in to the church and I'm, if I'm waiting for the pastor not only to prepare a good word but to cut up the meat and to uh, put it in my mouth and to uh, you know, help me chew it up, then I'm taking a lot of the pastor's effort and I'm draining him of his ability to serve other people. Same thing with the worship leader, right? If we're waiting for somebody to come down and, and, and make us feel good about ourselves and coddle ourselves first, then we're consuming the energy that was not really meant for that purpose. Uh, there is the, the energy meant for that purpose for those that aren't what I would consider regular members. There, the, I mean, that is something that we have to do for the lost. Someone comes in that's struggling, that's hurting, that's not saved. Yeah, it's my responsibility to go down and help them. It's my responsibility to go down and feed them. It's my responsibility to go down and make sure that they're feeling loved and they're feeling that we're caring about them. And yeah, it is. That is where I spend my energies. But that's also where you spend your energies, right? As producers, we're coming in ready to produce a product, a product, a service that impacts those that are hurting. That's what we're responsible to do. And as we do that, um, we will make the church very productive. 
because we are productive. And that gives great benefit to the church. That's awesome for the church. But you know what's even more important here? Is that, or as important, is that you as the producer win on both ends. You guys win. There's no, there's no downside here. I know that if I'm always a consumer, if, if all you do is eat and never work, you're going to get fat. <laughs> you're you're going to get unhealthy. Right? You, know what, you know what it's like after a Thanksgiving meal. How do you feel after a big Thanksgiving meal? Bloated. Just you can't even stand it. I mean, all you can do is lay on the floor and roll around until it digests a little bit. I feel like a big snake that ate a big, swallowed a big elephant or something. It's terrible. You know, but yet when I'm a producer, it gives me a, a feeling of, of fullness, but yet I'm not uncomfortable. When I'm a producer, I feel, man, I feel productive today. I feel, I feel good about myself. I feel like, wow, maybe I can accomplish something here with the power of the Lord because I'm, I, I'm not only just consuming, I'm also producing and I'm giving more back. What a great feeling that is. So that, that's on the temporary. That's right now. That's in how we live today. But there's even more to it today in the fact that God is the rewarder of the faithful producer. It's God's intention. He designed it this way that he would reward the faithful. He has rewards waiting in heaven for those that are faithful on earth. Our mission is to be heavenly effective through earthly relevance. That's what we say, that we're going to be heavenly effective. We'll enjoy heaven forever as I'm relevant to earth around me today. As I'm faithful doing the things, if I'm a faithful faithful producer today, God will assure me of heavenly rewards. I mean, you can look at all through Scripture. In fact, you know, look at the end of the book because that tells us the answer right away. The last chapter in Revelation, Revelation 22, verse 12 says, Look, I am coming soon. This is Jesus speaking. I am coming soon. My reward is with me and I will give to each person according to what they have done. That's your lottery ticket. That's it right there, guaranteed you're going to win because he's bringing the reward with them and you don't have to wait and see, was it my number? Was it my number? No, it is your number because you've been faithful along the way. He's bringing the reward and you and I will then spend eternity in heaven celebrating eternal riches beyond our, our, even our comprehension today. Can't even begin to comprehend what that's going to be like. So a producer is in fact doing that. He's doing exactly what God has laid up for him, and that is to produce things on earth that would give you a heavenly reward. That's a great trade. That's a great economy. That's a great way to invest. A producer does exactly what we're instructed to do as in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. The Amplified Bible says it this way. It says, Do not store up for yourselves material treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart is. And your heart here is defined as your wishes, your desires. That on which your life centers will also be there. So where your heart is is where your life is. Is Is your heart in heaven? Is your heart to be a producer Or is your heart to be a consumer? See, we are the main beneficiary of being obedient to the Lord. That's so cool. 
When I'm obedient, it benefits me more than anybody else. But at the same time, we're all benefiting. My obedience makes the Lord smile. He then looks at me and says, you're a producer. Therefore, we get things that done that will help other people and the rewards for the church and for me. And there's nobody that loses. Nobody loses when we produce. But I will say that everybody loses when I only consume. Make sense? So we are to be a producer. The person, the person that is keeping themselves pure and holy before the Lord, full of the Holy Spirit, that's the person that Jesus is going to say, well done. Come into my Father's house. Yeah. No losers. I love the fact. I love the fact that we can be that confident in that, that we can be so confident that that the church will benefit, I will benefit, and the community that we're serving will benefit. The Lord also showed me this week that we have some inhibitors. One of the inhibitors that I think challenge us the most is our past. And I think one of our inhibitors that challenge us is what we think of normal. Because I've always done something this way, I'm only comfortable doing it that way. And I have a hard time moving away from the normal of the past into the new of what the Lord would have me to do, right? So maybe in this producer-consumer model, as we, as we started at the very beginning of the service, we talked about it's not your fault because you've been trained to be a consumer. You've been trained over the years to come to church to receive but how many times have you been taught and, and encouraged to say, come to church to give out? Come to church to be a producer. See, you're trained to come in to listen, to be sit and listen and to be fed and let everything come to you. And so if we're going to change, if we're going to move from that consumer model into the producer model, it's going to have to make us get out of the normal to say, oh, I've always done it that way, so it's hard for me to now to move into the new normal of being a producer. Does that make sense? So what we have to do is we have to be intentional about our life today. We have to look at it and say, okay, I'm coming to church, and um, uh, there's some expectations of me today. There's some responsibilities that I have today, and uh, I need to do the best that I can to do that. I need to look at the person sitting next to me in the pew and say, man, maybe I should be helping them. Can I pray for you? Can I do something for you? Um, can, I, can I serve you in any way, shape, or form? And when we can start looking at those that we can serve that way, can you imagine what the church would be like? Can you imagine if, if there would be no needy walking out of the church at that time because we're serving each other, we're, taking, we're lifting each other's burdens? We're carrying each other along. What a, what a blessed place that would be. And what an attractive place that would be to the world. To think that um, we can be that is not a pipe dream. It's the reality that that's what God wants us to be. That's the church that Jesus designed us to be. So he's challenging me this morning to change my paradigm of normal, of what it, what, what it means to come to church, to change it from that consumer and that comfortable model where I'm comfortable coming in in my own little space, don't invade me, I'm comfortable here, that's my chair, get out of my pew, get out of my seat, um, I'm comfortable there. He's challenging me to say, all right, let's move from that and let's move into being a producer model. Let's move to being a model that is pressing in for more of the Holy Spirit on a regular basis.
not just in church, but throughout my life. This is where, this is where we have to um, look at the big picture because if I'm just looking at it in church, then I'm missing the whole element of what prepares me to be that when I get to church, and that is what am I living throughout the week? Michael said it as, we, as he started the service this morning. When we take our weekdays and make them as important as a church day in regards to getting our relationship with the Lord right, uh, it changes our life. It, it'll change you. It'll, it'll make you, it, it'll just overwhelm you because now we're going to be spending more time in the presence of the Lord than we ever have on a Sunday morning. Amen? This is good stuff, guys. This is, what, this is what makes the church healthy. This is what makes the church vibrant. This is what makes the church attractive and a light on a hill in a dark world. It's because the light of Christ is shining through our new normal. Our new normal is bright. Our new normal is productive. So as we end today, Jackie, would you prepare to come? I want to ask you, I want to ask you the questions. How do you plan on changing your normal? And I'm not blaming you. I'm not saying that you're bad people because you've been trained to be consumers, because we've been trained to be consumers. We need, the whole church needs to go through this transaction. The whole, the whole church in the worldwide needs to go through this transaction that we can then begin to um, put ourselves in a position of producer we do that. Can I just give you one indicator how to do that? We do that by surrender. We do that by surrender. We do that by saying, Lord, I'm going to surrender my life to you. I'm going to surrender myself wholly to you today. I'm going to surrender my ambitions to you today. I'm going to surrender to you my plans. I'm going to surrender to you my selfish goals. I'm going to make them your goals. Whatever it is, Lord, that you would have me to do, Give me the ability to do it. Help me to be the producer that you want me to be through the power of the Holy Spirit. And if I can do that every day, not just on Sunday mornings, if I can make that my daily commitment, when I wake up in the morning, I say, Father, what do you have for me today? What do you want me to produce in the kingdom today? And you can trust him to feed you. You can trust him that he will give you the sustenance. He will give you the ability to do what he's going to ask you to do. Don't be fearful here. Don't, by, don't, don't be fearful in saying that to think he's, then he's going to say, okay, now go do that, and he's not going to give you the ability to do it. He will give you the ability to do it as you trust him. So this morning, the questions are, how badly do we want to change? Do we really want to change? Do we want to be consumer, change from consumer to producer? Do we want to move from being passive to aggressive? Do we want to move from being the victim to the victor? Do we want to move from being the bound to the unbound? Do we want to be captive or free? It's in our, it's in our power. It's in our choice this morning. So I'll be honest with you. I'm not quite sure how to end the service. I think, I think what we should do is just end the, end the service in more praise and more worship. And I think we should just open up the altars and say, come on down. And let's just begin to let this paradigm change. Let us, our, let us put the way the old normal of being a consumer and let's just now be a producer. And here's the deal. The Lord will give us, he gives us the seed that we would plant. Amen. He gives us the ability to produce. And he will allow us to consume enough that we would then get healthy, that we then can be vibrant. So then we can be producers.
So let's just take the next few minutes and let's just pray first of all. And let's just ask the Lord to examine our hearts. And you examine your own heart. And let's just say, Lord, where have I been a consumer? And Lord, how do I change now to be a producer? So Father, we just come to you in Jesus' name. And we ask you, Lord, we know that you are so faithful to us. Sometimes you're just waiting for us to ask. And when we ask, you're so ready to give. Not sometimes. You always are ready to give. So, Father, we're asking right now that you search our heart. Lord, help us to change from being just that consumer to the producer. That we we would know your love so much, so close. Our relationship would be so pure, so holy, so honest that you would be able to work through our hearts and our lives. So, Father, as we do this, we just confess now of our sin. We confess, of Lord, of our maybe our unbelief in some areas. Teach us anew today, I pray. Give us that new normal, I ask, in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? And if you're comfortable, if you feel led, just come on down and let's just pray around the altar. Let's just sing a song or two. Let's just worship the Lord this morning. Let's just spend some time here enjoying his presence and getting into the producer world of Jesus Christ. Amen. There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. Nothing can compare your thank you so much for your promises to us. And Lord, now we just move from this place into our homes and Lord, we take this spirit of worship with us. We're not leaving it here. We're taking it with us as we go, Father, because it's going to be who we are. It's our new normal. It's our new paradigm that we are going to be followers of you all day long, wherever we're at. In all that we're doing, we are going to be the church wherever we are. Wherever we do life, we're going to be the church. That is our charge. So this morning, as you leave this morning, my prayer to you and my charge to you is take this seriously. Make this intentional for you. 
Let this change some things in your life, and then watch what the Holy Spirit does. Watch how He makes you alive and new, and how He brings new produce into your life, new fruit into your life. Be blessed as you go today. Be encouraged and know that the Lord loves you, and He's all about you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Be blessed today. Amen. Altars are still open if you want to pray.